Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. No one has better football on the radio. Game day. Game day. Your verdict on Talk Sport. Triple distilled expert post match verdict. Oh, that could be a penalty, it is. Game day. Your verdict on Talk Sport. Hello, I'm Laura Woods. What a day we've had to kick off the new Premier League season with Manchester City and Brighton pulling off big wins, thrashings for West Ham and Watford and VAR getting everybody's blood boiling. You've had your say on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. Here's the best of the full-time phone-in with Adrian Durham and David Connolly and your verdict with me, Laura Woods and Darren Bent. This is the Game Day Your Verdict podcast. Right, let's get to your calls. Here is Dan, the Manchester City fan, who, despite seeing his side open the campaign with a 5-0 victory, left the London Stadium a little bit confused. I think you'll probably guess just what it's about. Well, perfect start of the AR. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a fan? Coming out of the heat of the game, it was um, amongst the City fans, it was uh, quite a controversial topic, but every decision that they made was correct. So we've... we've it's going to take time for the, the Premier League to get used to it. And um, no, it, it got everything right. It, we took a penalty again. We, it, was, it was just confusion, really. Do you know what? You're right in that it got everything right. I think the, the one thing that didn't sit well with me, you know, I was really uncomfortable with it, was the fact that that goal that was disallowed, um, I think it was Raheem Sterling's armpit that was offside. I didn't know you could <laughs> score with your armpit. You know, for me, that offside is about getting an unfair advantage. There's no way he had that unfair advantage. So you're correct, VAR got it technically right, but is that within the spirit of the game? Does, the, does that mean the law has to change off the back of that, Dan? Well, this is the thing. Uh, it was 30 millimetres. So it, it comes down to... Um, interpretation and you don't want to ruin the game of football based on every single decision going to VAR uh, like when um, Aguero scored the penalty uh, even the, uh, when he scored the second time that went to VAR and it, we were just masked to be honest it didn't affect the result of the game um, because Sterling would have scored and Aguero's penalty would have when he missed stood. but we were just all very frustrated and confused about when it goes to VAR Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. I think today we don't we don't have many excuses. They played better. They scored the first goal, and after uh, we tried, but it was difficult. They scored in the second goal in two individual again uh, mistakes, and uh, after that, 
I think they, they deserve this result. I guess after 45 years of watching football, I've still got a lot to learn. Uh, first of all, fantastic for Brighton, well played to them. They deserve the three points, they deserve the win. I, I just listened to what Harry Grassley has to say. I, I'm not buying that at all. That was, that was a radio interview answer. There was something the, from, from back to front today, there was no team spirit. Everyone play bad. It's not one player. I mean, you know, we all have a moan about, oh, well, he didn't play well, Dean didn't play well. But it was back to front. They were all rubbish today. There was no... We just felt there was... The, the whole atmosphere in the team, they were heads down instead of heads up. We had five minutes at the beginning, then we were on the back foot for the rest of the game. Yes, we had one or two chances, but we weren't in that game at all today. And I have to say, you know, uh, we won the award for the worst result of the day, not West Ham, because, again, I, I say this again, no disrespect to Brighton, but we were all expecting to put in a better performance and have a better result than that today. 3-0 against Brighton, no matter what you say. And I would like to just say one other thing. You know, on our website, it's, we've had lots of messages about how the guys behind the scenes have been dissecting the way Brighton play. They've, they're fully prepared for this, fully prepared for that. Uh, today was, well, what happened today? Because it was the other way round. Uh, Brighton did an absolutely fantastic job. They closed our players down. You know, when we got the ball, there were two of their players to one of ours. Our passing today, I'm not being funny, Abe, our passing today was about the worst I've seen since we've been in the Premier League. It was absolutely appalling. So, where did, where did it go wrong? I, I honestly haven't got a clue. I don't know. Game day, your verdict. Disappointed, mate, but not surprised, to be honest with you. We was all expecting that going in, that sort of thing. I mean, every single time we play City, they put at least four behind the bit beyond us. I'm getting sick of playing them, to be honest. <laughs> are they just too good for you? I think they are. It's just, you can see just the golfing class. I think they're too, I don't think any team should be allowed to be that good, to be honest with you. It's, it's, it's frustrating. It's bloody frustrating. And... Um, yeah, look, we gave it a go in the first half and, um, you know, we took off Wilshire and, and Antonio and I think the, a lot of our grip was gone in the midfield and uh, that was it. And uh, we got to see a bit of VAR today, that was something. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. So just, I think, with VAR, the, the big frustration is the amount of time that it's taking to make some of these decisions. Mm. Not yeah. questioning that we should get the decisions right, but I think the Sterling one today was nearly three minutes before it was actually confirmed that it wasn't a goal. And that's just far too long. Yeah, um, I, th- I think, in my opinion, we should take something out of tennis's book. The, the, the speed that they hit the ball in tennis, I think there needs to be a rule change where actually there's microchips put in footballers' boots and in the ball. Um, we take away this that y- you can be offside with any part of your body that you can score with and simply make it about um, your feet and the ball. And then the speed that could be put into the referee's ear would be far, far quicker uh, to tell if a player is offside. It would literally be seconds. How, uh, yeah, but how do you know it's going to work? That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a lot of technology. And we've already got technology, we don't like it. If you think a tennis ball's hit at, you know, 90 to 100 mile an hour and they're able to see within a millimetre where that ball's landed, um, surely where a ball is kicked and where the, the football boots are on the pitch at the time, 
um, would, would be even quick, would, would be slower in football than tennis. I, I do, I do um, think that might, that that could be tough. But I do agree with what you're saying as in the timing, because I think the timing is a big, big problem in VAR. Like three minutes, as you said, for the, the armpit offside is, is is criminal. It's crazy. I mean, that can take the whole flow out of the game. So I do definitely think they need to do something about the, the timings because so every decision can't be three minutes, two minutes. They need to find a way of maybe speeding up. And if they can't come to a decision within maybe a minute, then they have to just go with it. But ultimately, Gareth, do you feel that if they're getting the decision right, that actually is more beneficial? I mean, what if it came yeah, down to Manchester I, United I, and it was a, a game? What about if it, if it was the difference between winning a game and losing the game and those points put you fourth? Well, more likely putting us sixth. Game day, your verdict. You know, opinions, critics, everything on that is... Is, has gone up an enormous level, and I'm 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 happy to deal with it. And, and we we are as a club, and we can't do anything about it. Can't control it, so we don't try and let it affect us. Future England manager. I mean, uh, what he's done at what he's done at the Blade is is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, last time I spoke to you, Adrian, you might not remember. It was on uh, a couple of days before we played Leeds away, and I I made some predictions. I told you that uh, we beat Leeds, we'd get promoted, and they wouldn't. Uh, and and you're spot on. Have you, have you got the lottery numbers, mate? But listen, no, I'll just make one more for you. We'll stay up this year. We'll stay up. We'll be 14, 15, pretty comfortable, and uh, we'll build again. Well, listen, there were, listen, uh, David, I, I, I was very positive about Sheffield United after the whole game that I saw at the back end of last season, after this game today. When, when you were 1-0 down today and he made those substitutions, just like you were saying, David, Robinson's on the pitch from the start. I thought he was excellent today. Billy Sharp comes on, will always get you a goal as he did today. McBurney comes on. He took up positions between the lines today. So clever. If people think he's just a goal scorer, he's way more than that. Free, Freeman was very advanced on the right-hand side. What I loved about it was Chris Wilder was going all out to get that equaliser. You know how we've seen, David, that, you know, there's some of these sides who come up and they're happy to lose 1-0 or 2-0 and try and take positives from that. Chris Wilder's having none of that. No, no, exactly, no. He, he, he goes for the juggler. And sometimes, you know what, this season we're going to get some pastings. I saw Man City earlier and obviously it's terrifying. But you know what? We're not we're not good, we're not good down because we lose to Man City or Liverpool. No, uh, he knows that. We, we'll we'll give it a go wherever we go. He's a fantastic manager. I think he's recruited well, and obviously one eye on the championship. Let's not let's not be silly about it. But uh, you're quite right, McBurney, and I thought Freeman did tremendous. He, he changed the game really. Game day, the biggest football league in the world. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Whether you like VA or you don't like VA, I think that's not the issue. Um, it's got all sorts of other things like the handball and the silhouette and blah, blah, blah. But I think I think FIFA and the powers that be, have they've backed themselves into a hole that they can't get out of. And that is, for me, simply the offside rule has become, it's just become so obtuse now. It's ridiculous. The simple answer is clear and obvious daylight between the the forward and the defender. That's it. Not the rim of his boot or his armpit hair or his his earlobe. Just clear and obvious daylight. I mean, listen, it, I'm, 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 I agree with you 100% there, but do you not think... And anybody, obviously... anybody with a footballing background like you, Darren, you, you, you as a centre-forward, you can't determine whether you're offside by your boot lace. You can't do it yeah, in a game, especially this pace, but with clear and obvious daylight would make it so much simpler. But I think the powers that be have backed themselves into a corner and they just they don't know how to get out of it, either because of their egos or because they, they're afraid of change. 
But that would save all this nonsense. And I'm not saying that because Sterling had a ball ruled out today. <laughs> it's for every team in the league. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Game day, your verdict. It does delight me, and I think it's very strong for them to, to adopt that approach. I, I think they realise that there's nothing to be gained by, by trying to punish Wilf in any way for making it clear at one stage that he would like to leave because now he hasn't left and he's now made it clear to myself and the players that he's back with us and he wants to do his best for us. Second half, we should have been pushing to win that match and I think if we start with um, a, a Zaha in the right frame of mind as it is, we win that match today. So that's disappointing and, you know, we, we love um, Zaha. I've driven to, from, um, from Eastbourne today with my, my two kids, you know, I, I earn not a lot of money, and, and I, we give up that money to go and watch Wilf. And, 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 you know, he hands a transfer request in the day before. He said he's going to be professional. He starts that game. He, he, you know, he should start that game, and he should win that for us because we've given him a lot, uh, and he's getting paid 130k a week, and, and, and I think we deserve a bit more than that. But do you not, did he not start because of the African Cup of Nations? I mean, he only had a, a week's training, I believe. I, I don't know whether whether that had anything to do with it. But my my worry, I think, for Palace oh, is... Come off it, David. Seriously. Honestly, well, seriously. <laughs> Wilfred Zaha is like head and shoulders above everybody else at the football club. No, but I, just, I don't know whether on. Roy thinks that maybe he wasn't quite, you know, rested enough. I don't, no, I don't quite no. know. No, no, no. He's tried to protect Zaha from the fans. I think because he, he's not sure how the fans are going to react. That's what that's what Roy's done today. Well, I don't, I don't, I can't buy that because obviously the fans love him. My my worry for Palace is that when you have got the likes of Villa, obviously coming up and going to do well, I think Chef you are going to come up and give it a right go. They're not going to be defensive. Norwich will give it a go. You saw Brighton playing more attacking. I think there's going to be loads of goals in the Premier League this season. And my worry for Palace is that maybe they're not going to get enough. Yeah, we need we need Zaha on form, or, or we need to have bought a striker, which we haven't done. So it could be a worry. Game day, your verdict. On Talk Sport. Very, very happy. Great performance. Fantastic results. The players applied themselves in a really, really good manner. Really proud of them. Um, the support we had behind the goal that was fantastic. 
Um, we had to, of course, like any game away from home, you have to weather the storm and you have to survive some moments, which which we did. But overall, I thought we had enough to, to deserve to win the match. And, and I'm, of course, proud of the players. It's about transitions, isn't it? We've had, we've had a lot of transitions about moving grounds, moving on, and Chris Hutton was a transition and got us to the Premier League. But actually, this is almost feels like the next step. And, you know, it could go horribly wrong and everyone tipped that it will go horribly wrong. But... From what we saw today, there's just so much more optimism and actually just so much more enjoyable to watch. Phil, I mentioned to David Connolly, uh, Darren, before the game started that there were four new signings on the bench. Were you a little bit frustrated with that team news? I know it all worked out perfectly in the end, but were you thinking, well, I want to see these new guys in the team? Yeah, and I think I think that was the, the talk before the game was definitely you know, why wasn't Trossard starting and you sort of expected maybe Mupai to be on the bench because he only signed earlier in the week, but... So there was that disappointment, but actually it's very rare that since, since Brighton have been in the Premier League that we make two attacking substitutions like we did today that pay off. And, and you know, that, that's so much more pace now moving forwards and support for Murray because he was so isolated and just so hoping on free kicks really to slow the play down to move us forwards, whereas, whereas now there's much more around him. Yeah, it would have been lovely to see him start, but I suppose we got, both, got it both ways now, haven't I? Game day, your verdict. What did you make of Christian Eriksen's impact on the match? Yes, I think we knew that Carno played in 90 minutes, but I think um, from the bench um, he was fresh and, and the opponent was a little bit tired. I think with his quality, of course, was a, um, a good help for the team to, to win. So you didn't think he was ready to play 90 minutes? Was that from a physical point of view? Yes, physical because uh, after the the international uh, duty in in summer, after the final, I think uh, you know very well that got a, a surgery in in his uh, um, abdomen. But it's normal. The summer was uh, was difficult for him, and and of course, still it's not 100 percent. But he need to build his fitness. But I think he's going to be as soon as possible. He's going to be fit again to to have the opportunity to play uh, 90 minutes. Just finally for me, that's a massive boost going into next week's massive game against Man City with three points in the bag. Yeah, but I think it's not important. Manchester City, for us, it's important. The players that arrive in the last few days, uh, player insured to start to recover and create a good dynamic in between us. And that is for, for us is to be focused, you know, focusing Manchester City. We know very well City, how he, they play. For us, it's about to build our season and it's so important to work uh, very hard to try uh, to arrive in our best condition to helping the team to be strong. I'd like to say it was a great result, great three points, but uh, very, very disappointing performance for me. And I'm very concerned with the whole Ericsson situation, to be completely honest with you, because without him, we, we struggle. What, uh, what disappointed you the most about today? I, I thought we looked lacklustered. I thought we looked tired. Um, not that usual snappy, poppy spurs that we know, that we love. This is meant to be our fortress, our stadium first season I expected more yeah I did expect more I don't know what What do you think yeah I mean I, I, I expect I thought you're going to come out of the blocks as you said there a lot quicker than you did um, and my only maybe concern a little bit was the lack of creativity on the pitch before yeah. Christian Eriksen came on but it's, it's a bit of a worrying one with the Christian Eriksen because you're right he, he is one of your best players he's your most creative player you need him on the pitch but then what do you do? Do you try and cash in now and get some money for him, or do you let him see out this season and walk away for free? It's it's a real tough position to be in. It's it's impossible, but fair play to Levy. He gets so much stick. Look at what he's trying to do in the transfer market. We're in for Dybala. Those sort of names. They they sound like they're keen that they want to come to the club. Yeah. We just 
if Ericsson wants to go, get him out. Mm. Get what, him out. What about the players that we haven't seen yet? We've got Ryan Sessegnon and Chelsea. Very exciting. Mm. Very, very exciting. But both young players that are going to need time. And I feel that we've, we've replaced what we've lost with, with Musa. But I don't know if we've added what we need to go on and win it. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Because yeah. replacing what you've lost is one thing, but taking strides ahead, like you see other other teams like Manchester City doing, for example, with Rodri, uh, you know, Fernandinho, Fernandinho is still an option for them going forward. Rodri just slotted into that team and looked absolutely brilliant. Mm. That That's where other teams are improving. You feel like actually Spurs, Jamie, you feel like what you guys are doing potentially won't make you progress, but make you stay the same? Yeah, I agree. Well, look at the statements they're making. City come out, it's five before half-time. Liverpool do the same. We come out and we go 1-0 down seven, eight minutes in and you think, you know, it, come on, we need a bit more. I like Tangi and Dombele, he looks good. Yeah, I'm, I'm overly pleased, but again, it's just a bit lacklustre, a bit spursy. I do think if Spurs could have got maybe one of them big ones over the line, the Dybala or the Coutinho, oh, I, I really think it would have been a real statement, statement signing, I thought. And that's it. And that's it. For me, if if it was the image rights and it was 10, 15 million, just put the money on the table. Mm. Well, that's it, isn't it? You've got a brand new stadium. You've got Champions League football. You've got one of the best managers in Europe. And you almost need, it's like you're saying, Darren, mm. you need those big statement players to come in and start taking the team to the next what, level. What was good about that, though, is that Spurs were in for them. There's, there's yeah. been times when Spurs, have, have, these players have been linked to the ultimate club and Spurs' mm-hmm. name were never in the mix. But it's nice to see that they were actually in there and they had a genuine chance of getting two or even all three of them. Hey, and look, January will come around very quickly as well. Let's yeah. just hope that, well, for Spurs fans, you don't lose Ericsson. Let's go to Phil. He's also a Spurs fan. What do you think of the day today, Phil? Well, to start with, I was a bit disappointed, you know. You sound it. You sound I was absolutely peed off with it, Laura <laughs> well. and uh, Darren. Absolutely peed off. Yeah. I'm not swearing, so don't beat me out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, got to take the blame for... The, the slow start, you know, and everybody's on tenterhooks uh, about the Ericsson situation. But I truly, truly believe from the bottom of my heart, they've got to get this Ericsson situation sorted out, you know, echo, echoing the words of the previous caller on before me, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, it's good to see now that they've got a state-of-the-art stadium and they're coming in to the mix with, like, Dybala. Mm. and uh, Coutinho, but, you know, I honestly thought they would have pushed it over the line for, to get the Juventus man there. Phil. You know, it's good to see them. They need, they need these sort of players because mm. they're going to lose Ericsson. Yeah, you what, might... what about losing, sorry, Darren, what about losing Maurizio Pochettino? Do you have faith that his future is secured at, at Spurs or do you think that actually eventually, well, if you don't win you know, something? <laughs> you can never trust Levy, but I think, I think, We'll keep hold of him. You know, they've got to get silverware in their cabinet this year, definitely, you know. And uh, just to go over to the Villa Villa uh, team, they were tremendous in the first half. That, that Tyro means oh. he, has, he actually comes from my hometown where I live in Chippenham, and I've seen him play like grassroots football with Chippenham Town, obviously, to where he's got now. And uh, I know his family quite well as well and he he's colossal he's going to prove a good signing for Villa yeah. no disrespect to him that he lost today mind but you, you've got to give credit to credit 
where credit's due for no, them. you're right, Phil. He got them out of trouble a few times as well, well especially when I they mean, were leading oh, them. He, he, he's colossal, Darren, don't you think? He's a colossal man, you know. He was a bit unlucky with injuries at Bournemouth and stuff. And when he went on loan initially, you know, I only straight away is going to be a future signing for them. You know, he made a big difference last season. That's what he made a big difference for Aston Villa last oh, season when he he, he, got, he went there you know, and tremend- he got them over the line. To be fair, and he was he was colossus, and I thought yeah, he was a key he, signing he, for them this season. He was tremendous for him last season, and he's like a good signing. It what is it? Nearly thirty-five million for him, I think it was in the end, wasn't it? So but, you so- know. Phil, I don't want to highlight this um, and, and call you out, but you sound much more upbeat when you're talking about Villa than you do Spurs, and you're a Spurs fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm happy for uh, Tyrone because he's a local lad from down here in Chippenham. Well, I've got Tyrone Mings alongside me. Tyrone, how disappointed was it after leading for so long to ultimately come away with nothing? Yeah, of course. It's uh, We're athletes, we're competitors, we want to win. So we are disappointed. Um Understandably, we came in with a game plan, and we wanted to we wanted to execute it. We wanted to win the game. So to to be leading for so long and then to come away with nothing is obviously deflating. But I think we've seen enough in the game, defensive wise, uh, defensively that shows that we can be resolute when we need to be. Um, we can defend when we need to be, and we can be hard to beat when we need to be. So it's definitely positives, but yeah, overriding feeling is one of um, slight disappointment. Can't be too hard on ourselves, but. We're uh, obviously disappointed. Yeah, I thought we started the game very well. Um, you know, it's a tough place to come. We knew, you know, there was certainly going to be a baptism of fire um, with the quality that they have. But we felt there was little areas that we could hurt them. And we scored a really good goal from, yeah. you know, one of them deep runs from one of our eights. And, uh, you know, a fantastic goal from John McGinn. And, you know, we've had a couple of other chances. I think Trez probably um, cut inside and uh, made the keeper make a save. And, you know, from one of their corners, we broke with Jack Grealish and, and Trez again. So we've had we've had a number of chances, but, you know, ultimately, uh, I thought the second half as it went on, uh, we got deeper and deeper. We we was probably lost the ball a little bit too cheaply and, you know, probably tired from chasing it too much. What impressed you the most about you, Aston Villa side? Because as I said, for the first, as you said there, especially up to half-time, you looked quite comfortable, to be honest. Like, you looked like you'd been solid, you were hard to break down, you was, you was catching them on the counter-attack, causing them one or two problems. Um, but what impressed you the most? I think I think the defensive organisation, um, yeah. you know, it's probably not something that we're renowned for. Um, <laughs> our games have been, you know, very entertaining, and and pr- probably today was. But you know, we we knew we was coming into a place where, you know, the the players are playing at the top of their game, uh, Champions League finalists for for a reason, and uh, yeah. you know, we we knew that we had to be organised, and I felt that we stuck to our plan. You know, and uh, got a couple, got a couple of chances from that, and one of them resulted in a goal. Dean, this isn't just a learning curve for your players; it's, it's a learning curve for you as well, going into the Premier League as a manager. What do you feel like you you learnt today about the Premier League, and especially fitness levels? Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to retain the ball better than we did certainly in the second half. Uh, I felt that, you know. Um, the ball went up to big wares and we never really got around the second ball. Mm. We probably gave them a little bit too much respect. Uh, you know, we have to affect players who, who were on the ball and I never felt, you know, uh, we made them little five-yard sprints to get there to, to stop crosses, to stop little balls inside. Um, but again, that's something that we'll learn from and, um, you know, we'll go back and reflect on the game and, you know, come back better for it. You've got a number of new signings in the team. How do you feel that they're all settling in, especially the ones that started today? Yeah, they settled in really well. I mean, you know, uh, 
a lot's been made of the, the 12 signings that we've made, but uh, you know, a number of them I've worked with before. I mean, three of the back four today, um, you know, were played in the last 15 games of the season where we only conceded 11 goals. The three midfielders played at Wembley as well. So, you know, we, we've made an awful lot of signings, but a lot of them have been with us already. And the integration has been pretty seamless, to be honest. Have you spoke to your team yet? I imagine there's been lots of people after you, like us, trying to get interviews with you, trying to find <laughs> out how you're feeling. But have you managed to have a chat with them and just see how your squad are feeling? Yeah, no, I spoke to them because there's obviously a lot of disappointment having taken the lead and, you know, hold, holding out for so, for so long. I mean, the better team won, the, the far superior team won. But there's also, you know, uh, a little bit of a fortune on the goals. I think the first one deflected off Tyrone Mings. The second one was a bit of a ricochet from Tyrone and, and, and Bjorn Engels. And then, you know, we get caught on the counter with us t trying to chase the game at the end. So, you know, but we took it to the last six minutes, which we, you know, we can take something from. And certainly, you know, uh, I don't think we'll be playing the quality of, of Tottenham all, you know, all season. Saturday is game day. Oh, it's off the post! Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.